Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. You can go beyond giving to impact. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. I'm Erlon Woods. I'm Nigel Poor. We're the hosts and creators of Ear Hustle from PRX's Radiotopia. Ear Hustle is a show about life inside prison, but it's not your typical prison podcast. In this next season, we've got stories about the objects people keep inside their prison cells. About residents in a women's prison who say they want to stay there. And the most beautiful prison garden. Erlon, I will never forget it. Ear Hustle. Stories about life on the inside, told by those who live it. Find Ear Hustle wherever you get your podcasts. From WABE in Atlanta, welcome to this Monday edition of Closer Look. I'm Rose Scott. Coming up on today's program... Picking an Obamacare insurance plan can be confusing. Lakeisha Samuels, a healthcare navigator with the Georgia Primary Care Association, joins us to add some insight and knowledge. Plus, there's a little football game today. The Georgia Bulldogs take on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Brian Jones, sports and entertainment reporter with PopCulture.com, joins me. As yes, we'll talk about the college football national championship game. We'll talk about all that. All that's coming up. But first, this Georgia lawmakers made quick work of the first day of the 2022 legislative session, not wanting to get stuck at the Gold Dome. Why, you say? Well, there's that football game tonight. The State House got its floor session underway at 8.30 this morning, an hour and a half earlier than usual, and adjourned in about a half an hour. House Majority Leader John Burns made the request to keep things short, and House Speaker David Roston gladly agreed. Mr. Speaker, I move that this House stand adjourned until 11 a.m. Wednesday, January the 12th, 2022. All those in favor of the motion will say aye. Those opposed will say no. This House will be adjourned until Wednesday, January 12th, at 11 a.m. and go dogs. <laughs> that, of course, is the University of Georgia fight song there. Now, not to be outdone. Yes, Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Over in the Senate, their work session started at 10 a.m., but also adjourned quickly. When I tell you Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan wrapped things up in his chamber, Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan wrapped things up in his chamber. Is it not true that the dogs are going to win tonight? Majority Leader has moved that the Senate stand adjourned until Wednesday, January 12th, 2022 at 10 a.m. All those in favor of the motion signify by saying aye. Opposed, no. Once again, the ayes have it, and the Senate stands adjourned. Ain't nobody working. A number of state lawmakers tell the Atlanta Journal-Constitution they're headed to Indianapolis for tonight's game. Yes, the game between the Bulldogs and Alabama kicks off at 8 p.m. In non-UGA football news, kind of, UGA alum Governor Brian Kemp is expected to propose a $5,000 a year pay raise for state employees. Kemp revealed the move in a Friday letter to state agency leaders. The governor's office says this does include University System of Georgia employees as well. It does not include public K-12 teachers and employees. The governor is expected to propose a separate raise for them. And we expect to learn more details during Governor Kemp's State of the State Address 
on Thursday. We now know more about the details of President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris's visit to Atlanta tomorrow to advocate for voting rights legislation. Now, the White House says the pair will deliver remarks at the Atlanta University Center, lay a wreath at the grave of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Coretta Scott King, and then visit historic Ebenezer Baptist Church. Biden-Harris's visit comes as Democrats in Congress continue to push for legislation expanding ballot protections and an effort led in part by Georgia U.S. Senator Raphael Warnock. Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis says she could decide within six months whether to bring charges against former President Donald Trump for pressuring Georgia officials to overturn Biden's presidential election victory in the state way back in 2020. Willis says she's leaning toward asking for a special grand jury with subpoena power to aid the investigation. A Trump spokesperson dismissed the Fulton investigation as a politically motivated, quote, witch hunt when it became public last February. That's when Willis instructed Georgia's top elected officials to preserve any records related to the general election, particularly any evidence of attempts to influence election officials. And finally, the State Department of Public Health is opening two COVID-19 mass testing sites in Metro Atlanta as the Omicron wave of the pandemic continues to wash over the state. Now, the agency says the sites, now listen to this, will be at Jim Miller Park in Cobb County and near Stonecrest Mall in DeKalb County. They'll be open Mondays through Saturdays by appointment only and testing is free. This is Closer Look. Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. If you love Atlanta, you can invest in the big picture. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly, and Richmond Graduate University can equip you with everything you need as a licensed professional counselor while integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-T dot E-D-U. And Closer Look continues now here on WABE from Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. Georgians have five more days to sign up for Obamacare health insurance for 2022. Open enrollment for the Affordable Care Act runs through January 15th. And folks who sign up by that deadline will have coverage that starts February 1st. As of last month, here's what we know. More than 650,000 Georgians had logged on to the enrollment website, healthcare.com, and selected their plans. And many of them relied on healthcare navigators. These are folks trained to help consumers to use the Obamacare exchange and pick the coverage that's right for them. That's why we're going to ask Lakeisha Samuels, who's one such navigator for the Georgia Primary Care Association. She joins us from Savannah. Lakeisha, thanks for taking the time. Hi, Rose. Thank you. Thank you. How are you? Fine. Who you got? Georgia or Alabama? <laughs> Georgia, of course. Georgia. All right, just checking, Lakeisha. <laughs> Let's begin here. Is there typically a, a rush of folks looking to sign up as this deadline draws near every year? Oh, oh gosh, definitely there is um, a total rush. We had our initial um, push 
Um, uh, last month, um, of course, we had, um, in order to get coverage by that would start by January 1st, you had to have uh, enrolled by uh, December 15th. And so, um, although open enrollment began on November 1st, you have the no, you know, we're, we were pushing, 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 and you had the no one really, you know, you have a few people that were um, enrolling and, and, and starting their applications, but as the December 15th deadline drew nearer in order for them to be able to have coverage that started January 1st, you had like the mad dash at the, right mm -hmm. before the December 15th deadline came the last two or three days before December 15th, we had droves of people, the, the lines were going crazy, everybody trying to get those final um, questions answered, those applications um, completed and, and just trying to get everything completed by the 15th in order to have that coverage to start January 1st. So we expect to see um, the same. It's already began, um, as I can tell you, um, last week I had tons of just uh, calls and questions, everybody trying to meet, um, definitely beat this final deadline. And so that means, I want to be very clear about this, folks, it means January 15th, not at January 15th, you can log on. It's going to be done at January 15th, or they have till January 15th at 11.59 p.m. That's exactly right. 11.59, you have to have enrolled in a health care plan by January 15th, 11.59 in order um, for you to have coverage for this open enrollment period. Um, and that coverage will be effective um, February 1st. Based on your experience, has there usually been any technical issues because there's so many people trying to head to the website i know early long time ago there were so many problems but that was in the past but since you've been there um you, you all know that the website will be able to withstand this just mad rush of folks well, of course, um, I will say this, that uh, they have through what I've witnessed through this and um, through this open enrollment period, they have done, gone through great measure to provide technical um, updates every weekend. So they do go through that um, the website, the healthcare.gov, and they provide it. It goes down for service um, for to be able to update those things on during on the weekends and during several times during the week. So we really haven't seen um, any technical issues thus far. However, it, it you know, you, you, it is computers, there are, it is technology, anything is bound to happen. So we always encourage people from day one to always not wait till the last minute to try to go ahead and get your um, applications and get mm -hmm. everything, get enrolled as soon as possible and not wait till the last minute. And for our listeners not familiar with healthcare.gov, who's responsible for maintaining the site? Well, the CMS is um, responsible for, it's, it's uh, the federal government, the okay. CMS is responsible for, um, for the state of Georgia. We are, that our uh, marketplace is a FM, FFM, a federally uh, facilitated marketplace. And before we talk more about the site and the plans, how long have you been a navigator, Lakeisha? Actually, I'm um, I'm a fairly new navigator. I'm rolling around to um, coming up on a year that mm. I've actually been an active, um, a federally certified navigator. How's that training? How was the training for you all? Um, the training, it's it's actually it wasn't as bad. Once you go through the, initially, I do have some um, background in insurance, and so it wasn't as grueling as some people uh, as I've heard. But um, I will say that um, CMS and a lot of they, they have they made sure that we had all the tools, the training, um, the initial training, getting the um, the background was um, was was not um, 
I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was okay. <laughs> like I said, I had, a, I had a background. I've heard some people say it was a little bit more difficult than others, but I have a background. However, once I, I had already received, um, once I became uh, certified, mm -hmm. I will say that CMS made sure that you, they provide weekly uh, training sessions. They make sure that we are, they have, that we have all the tools that we need. They make sure that you are, um, provided with all the tools to be able to educate yourself. You go in for, um, we have weekly sessions. We have all type of tools to be able to, um, questions. They're there. They provide weekly updates, snapshots and everything. So they, they give you, if for those that are, um, that you may be struggling or you need knowledge because it's insurance. Insurance mm -hmm. is it's ever changing. It's, it's, um, it's not an, it's not easy for the lay person, even for those that, you know, it takes years, you can have the most experienced person and it's constantly changing. So with different laws and everything. So even the most experienced person, um, you know, it's one of those fields that you have to constantly stay mm -hmm. abreast. Of. I want to talk about language. Uh, when people head to the website, is it also available in other languages? And if so, what are those languages? Oh, um, for the healthcare.gov, um, mm -hmm. the website, oh, the, the land, the, the, the site, as well as the, um, the 1-800 number they have, oh gosh, it's 230 or 240 plus languages that's available in. So, really, uh, yes, it is. Oh. So well, that's good to know for a lot of people, I'm sure. Yes. Okay. So let's get to it. And we want to remind folks that LaKeisha is here. She's just going over some basic knowledge and insight. So she's going to encourage you all to make sure you head to the website and yes. don't email me and ask me about, you know, your special circumstances because Lakeisha will not be able to answer them. But let's just go over some basics. Um, okay, so one listing says, okay, I'm headed to, I'm going to sign up for Obamacare Health Insurance. I have no idea where to start. Obviously, first you tell them to head to the website. Through your lens, is it pretty easy to navigate from there? It is. Um, you want to start with uh, healthcare, of course, healthcare.gov. And the first step is to be able to set up an account. So you have to set up an account through healthcare.gov. And it's fairly easy to navigate. It is very user friendly, the website itself. Um, but once you establish that account, you are able to um, your username and your password and you're able to go in and you have access so you can start and, you know, wherever you start and finish. So if you feel like you want to start the application or you need to go back and finish, you have that capability. But it is very user friendly. Um, and so that's where you want to begin. But um, at any point in time that you go into the website and you feel that you have questions or you just quite don't, you don't quite understand or you're lost, then that's where someone, a navigator or someone like myself would come into play. Let me ask you this. What information do you want folks to know in terms of documentation or information they need ahead of time before they even head to the website? Yeah. So before you go, go to the website, you definitely want to make sure that you have um, certain documents with you, things in regards to your household. You want to have income um, documentation, things that um, relate to uh, tax information, um, what your, your 
your household income is, um, things of that nature you want to have available. And it just it's just going to make some of the, um, as you input those things, it's going to make it a lot easier, easier to, um, if you have those things accessible as you're entering your application. The voice you hear is Lakeisha Samuel. She's a navigator with the Georgia Primary Care Association, and we're talking about the Obamacare Exchange. Uh, as a navigator, what are some of the typical questions or, or challenges you find that people tend to ask about or inquire about with, with you? With me, I think initially um, during this open enrollment season, what we saw were a lot of consumers that felt they were unaware of the new um of the new changes that have taken place with this uh, season, with the Biden-Harris administration and the um, American Rescue Plan, of course, there were there has been a, a total revamp of um, the marketplace and the um, in healthcare.gov in itself. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the consumers were familiar <clears throat> with the past. Um, and so they may have applied in the past and felt, oh, the premiums were too high, or they had, you know, they just weren't pleased with it. And so that was a lot to be able to provide a lot of outreach and education and let them know that, you know, encourage them to, it was worthwhile to give it a second look and and try again. Um, And so that was um, a lot of the, what I've got just questions that, you know, is it the same? What's the the price of your premiums or it's too expensive? And so just encouraging them to give it a second look and let them know about all the different changes, the the premiums and this is more affordable. And so I think that was the biggest thing. Um, This go around with COVID, a lot more Mm -hmm. consumers who have lost their jobs or in transition, um, I had questions in regards to that. Well, I'm, I may have maybe taking a lesser paying job right now, but I'm currently looking for something now. So if I take this, you know, this lower premium, how will that affect me later once I am back in my career field or mm-hmm. I have a job that's, you know, paying me more money? How is that going to affect me when it comes time to reconcile my taxes, things of that nature? I also understand there's something that folks can buy called catastrophic plans. Take yes. that further for our listeners. Yes, um, if you're, um, it's not everyone is uh, eligible for a catastrophic plan, but if you're under uh, 30 years of age, and a catastrophic plan is for those that um, it provides coverage in in pretty much what it says in a catastrophe. Mm-hmm. It doesn't provide any type of um, coverage as far as like what you would need for preventive care and then your essential health care benefits, but worst case events. If you were hospitalized in an emergency situation, a disaster, an an accident, a a tragedy or, you know, something tragic uh, took place in that type of um, coverage would be something that is provided. Is that because there's this general assumption that folks in that age group uh, may not need as much more health care, general coverage like us old folks like me? Well, most of the, <laughs> well, most of them, because it is um, eligible for those primarily under 30 years of age, they um, typically, a lot of those younger folk, they are eligible, you know, you're eligible to stay on your, your parents' health plan until you're 26 years of age. Um, also, you have an option if you're in school, you can, mm-hmm. you can be on your uh, student um, uh, health plan at, at college um as well and so and then you know some of them as well although we encourage them because at any age you can come 
into, you know, you may have some health issues or something. So, but um, we do try to, I, it's just an option that they mm-hmm. have available, you know, should they have a situation where you live in, you reside in a state that is, that, that doesn't expand Medi- Medicaid and you have, um, or you, they may be of age where they're not on their parents' um, insurance or they, and they can't afford um insurance on their employer their employer doesn't offer insurance so that is an option for a young person that falls into that category and lakeisha lots of folks can qualify for financial help to pay for obamacare insurance and is that is that pretty easy for them to figure out as they're navigating through the website here yes it does there are so many um new credits the premium advanced premium um uh, textile credits. There are so many new credits that are available now through um, the marketplace. And so once again, that's why we've been, as we go out and encourage everybody to give it a second look, we let them know about all these new tax credits and the lower cost. And so, um, so many more people are qualifying for these than ever before. So that is definitely a plus. And so it doesn't hurt to give it a second look to submit um, an application and to see where you fall and see if you qualify for some of these credits. I actually do have a good question here. I think is a good question from a listener who wants to know, is there an age requirement minimum for someone who wants to sign up? It's a good question. Well, as far as the age requirement, there is no age requirement as far as as long as you are, um, of course, once you get to your, an age where you are um, qualifying for um, 64, where you get into 65 and you're qualifying for um, Medicare. Um, but there's no age. minimum age, though. There's like no, there's 16 no, or... There's no- so oh, no. Well, as far as a minimum age, when as far as no, because you can apply for I'm sorry, I didn't understand. I didn't. Catch no, that's that. my minimum apologies. Age, no. Um, as far as a minimum age, no. The minimum age you can if they're if they're younger children, because they can uh, submit a parent if they're if they're um, on their parents um in, uh, under their parents and or they're a dependent, then what they're doing is this parent is submitting them. Um, the application or whoever is their uh, guardian or who is uh, taking care of them, whoever is their dependent well, and, for. And, and I'm also thinking of those who may um, age out of the foster care system, who may be looking for insurance, maybe in that 18 to, to 20, if they are, oh. yeah, they are eligible to apply. If they're eligible to apply, and one thing about it, they can apply for it um, through. They can submit an application, and what it does when they supply when they apply through the marketplace, it will let them know if they don't qualify for a marketplace plan. Then, if they qualify for, if they don't meet the income, um, they, if they have the income requirements for Medicaid, then it will forward their application to um, be looked at for Medicaid. Okay. And so, or if they are, um, meet the qualifications, if they're younger for, um, for CHIP, which is the children's health insurance plan. So there's no minimum age requirement for it. Gotcha. Uh, as we begin to wrap up, Lakeisha, what are some of the common things people tend to get confused about that you all often have to clear up? Um, some people think that we have, I have a lot of consumers that think that we have some levity or we are able to adjust the premiums. Um, they think that we, I, I, I run into a lot <laughs> They're of They're trying to negotiate 
Who's trying to negotiate? They think, you know, hey, can't blame them. Do you have a plan that, you know, I can get, I need something around $80 a month. I do get a lot of consumers that think that we have some ability to um, set those uh, premiums and we do not. It is it's based on your income and some other um, things. And so it's a case by case uh, uh, situation, a scenario. So I do get that. And we just, I, we have to do a lot of education on just the terms as far as like deductible mm-hmm. and co-insurance and those uh, insurance terms and being able to explain to them. Some people think that they get um, a plan, they get uh, an an eligibility notice and show, and as they go through and they select the plan, they look at it and they feel, okay, well, I don't have to pay. They have a zero month premium, but they don't understand why they have to pay anything out as far as like a deduct, an annual Mm -hmm. deduct. They don't understand those things. And so that's where we have to go in and do some more education. And does this also include, I have a listener sent an email, vision and dental, is all that wrapped up or is that separate? Well, vision and dental for, um, well, each health, um, the, the marketplace plans cover 10 essential health benefits. Mm-hmm. However, for adults, vision and dental is not mandatory. So you, there are some health plans in the marketplace that do cover those things, but that is not a mandatory um Thing, not for adults. For children, it is. Dental okay. and vision is a, a part of the essential health benefits for children. However, for adults, it's not. So those things, will, dental and vision will have to be purchased as a standalone um, plan. And finally, if, and finally, Lakeisha, if you could, if you could take this magic wand and wave it and <laughs> maybe change something within a process, it's just through your, your lens or personal opinion, what would it be? Um... I think that, um, hmm, that's a, that's a good question, question, isn't it? You can that's get back to me very, on it if you want. That's a very good question. I think that I would, if I could just change anything, I would just make it to where the it was just affordable for everyone. That it would just, the healthcare across the board was just, it just fit into everyone's budget. And no Boy, that is a safe to, answer, right. Lakeisha. <laughs> and no one would have to sacrifice whatever the whatever application and when they submitted and whatever premiums came back that it fit into it was affordable for everyone's gotcha. budget and there would have to be no sacrifices made. Gotcha. Georgians have just a few more days to pick plans for 2022, signing up by January 15th in order to have coverage by February 1st. Lakeisha Samuels, healthcare navigator, Georgia Primary Care Association, helping folks sign up for Affordable Care Act health insurance. Lakeisha, thank you so much for taking time. I really appreciate it. Good information. We'll have links um, on our website to your website. Thank you so much. Don't forget January 15th is the last day. All right. That is, of course, Georgia's official fight song. Hail to Georgia. Now, just so y'all know that I'm not biased, let's hear it for Alabama's fight song. There you go. See? Fairness. (laughs) Send your emails to Daniel and Kevin and Sam and LaShawn and Janine, not me. You're tuned to Closer Look from WABE in Atlanta. I'm Rose Scott. The year, 1981, the game, the Sugar Bowl, the team's... UGA, Notre Dame, 
Here's legendary sports broadcaster Keith Jackson with some highlights. Second down and goal to go for the Bulldogs at the Irish one. Got to be Walker. Touchdown. So with a minute and four seconds to play in the first quarter, the Georgia Bulldogs take advantage of opportunity and take a 10-3 lead over Notre Dame. The crowd, almost uncontrollable, comes storming onto the field to surround both teams. The game is over. Georgia has won 17-10. And if you were at that game, I would love to hear from you, Rose, at WABE.org, because if Georgia wins, we'll talk to you tomorrow. The coach, of course, was Vince Dooley. Herschel Walker was a freshman, and the Bulldogs were undefeated as they won the national championship. And afterwards, they had some SEC championships and some bowl game wins, but not a championship. Will the drought be broken? Let's welcome Brian Jones, sports and entertainment reporter with PopCulture.com. Brian, great to have you back. What's happening? Not too much, Rose. It's great to be back. How are you? And doing all right. Okay, so here we go. Good. Now, some people have said this is the most talented Georgia football team. Some have said just on defense. Some have said all around. In all the years that you've covered Georgia, what do you think? It's up there, especially on defense and what they were able to do the, this season defensively. When you talk about uh, defensive linemen Jordan Davis and the linebackers, Kobe Dean and Nolan Smith, they are so talented, and they showed that all throughout the year, except for the Alabama game, um, the SEC championship contest, where they struggled a little bit. But, yeah, this is a immersely talented team, and all the credit goes to Kirby Smart for what he's been able to do in terms of recruiting. They're always in the top five when it comes to recruiting classes, and they're able to put everything together this year. And then when you talk about offensively, uh, the quarterback position, Stetson Bennett, wasn't highly recruited, mm-hmm. but he's getting the job done. And you have running backs like Samir White, James Cook, Kenny McIntosh, and then wide receivers, uh, George Pickens, Dominic Blaylock. And then, of course, it's tight end Brock Bowers, who's the arguably the national freshman of the year. So oh, he this is, is one of the most amazing to watch. He is absolutely he's a big amazing. guy to bring he's- down, too. <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. So this is a mercilessly, uh, as I said, a mercilessly talented Georgia team. I think one of the best teams they put together in their uh, long storied history. All season long, the defense didn't allow a whole lot of points. Then they got to <laughs> the SEC championship and then Alabama rolled up on them. But that's because of a, a, the Heisman Trophy winner, the current Heisman Trophy. Bryce Young, what do you make of him? He is incredible to yeah. watch. He is definitely entertaining to watch. He makes all the right decisions. And especially, it's really special for him because he's so young and he's been able to uh, really adapt to this Bill O'Brien, who's offensive coordinator for Alabama, his offense so quickly. And what he was able to do against Georgia was more than impressive. I think credit goes to the Alabama offensive line. They've had some issues uh, throughout the season. But Bryce Young's been able to do what no other uh, SEC quarterback when terms of playing Georgia has able to do this season is to attack downfield and hit on those big plays. I think if they're, if he's able to do that again, then Alabama brings home another national championship. Now in the second half of that SEC championship game, uh, Georgia was able to get the Bryce Young a little bit. Mm-hmm. So if they're able to do that tonight, then I think Georgia has a chance. But uh, Bryce Young's going to be one of the X factors for Alabama uh, if they do win this national title. Does it favor UGA if they can keep the score low? 
because if you're going to get into a, a shootout with Alabama, it's going to be up in the 40s, maybe even up, we could see a 50 spot. And who does that favor? It, it, I think if it's if it's below 30 points, if George is able to keep Alabama under 30, then it definitely benefits the Bulldogs. Um, if you're you don't want to get in the shootout with Alabama because again they're just so talented offensively with Bryce Young and with Brian Robinson as the running back, and then they just have a ton of receivers. They just continue to just pile on receivers each and every year. So even though I think Georgia could score 40 points, but that's not how they play. They want to keep the score low. They want to make sure that they play well defensively. And I think they'll make some minor adjustments to where they're going to keep Alabama out of the end zone as much as possible. So I think if it's a low scoring affair, it definitely benefits Georgia. If it's in the 40s, the 50s, then it definitely benefits the Crimson Tide. We talked about Bryce Young. Let's go over to Stetson Bennett because he – some folks took a little bit of uh, – they, they had an issue with what he's been saying a little bit in the media. He's sort of been quiet of late, but he talked about – he said, hey, I'm not the savior. And some looked at that saying, okay, are you already trying to make excuses? Look, it's a lot of pressure. It's been 40-plus years. UGA has had an opportunity to hoist to win a championship, okay? And now here he comes in. And it wasn't – you know, coming into the season, it was like, was it going to be a two-quarterback situation in and out every game? But it is his game. He it, he is the leader. He is the starting quarterback. Is he already yeah. putting too much pressure on himself? Because when you come out and say, hey, I'm not the savior, and if we don't win, it's not my fault. <laughs> Paraphrasing there, but that's pretty much what he said. Yeah, I don't know if he's putting too much pressure on himself, but he understands what's at stake. And they, I think he's heard all the talk about him when t- in terms of being a starting quarterback because he was only maybe a two-star uh, recruit coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. He's from uh, he's from Georgia. He's from, uh, from Pierce County. And when you have a quarterback roster like Georgia has, where you have JT Daniels, Carson Beck, Brock Vandegrift, and, and they're bringing in Gunner Stockton next year, all four or five-star recruits, there's going to be a little bit of criticism. There's going to be some questions around Sesson Bennett. But what he's done this season is he's been reliable. He can He's mobile. He just gets the job done. And, again, JT Daniels is talented, and it looked like he was going to be the starter. Mm-hmm. But he's been dealing with injuries, and Sesson knows the offense, and he knows – what what Kirby Smart wants wants out of him. So I, I do think he understands what's at stake, but I think he's going to play as loose as possible tonight. If he does struggle and we're getting into the second half and perhaps it may not be out of reach, it may be a close game, you never know, might we see Coach Smart put in Daniels? I think it's possible. I, I do think that um, it's something that he's been thinking about. I do think that is something that he has to consider because if they want to really want to win this national title and the thing is many people are saying this is the best opportunity for Georgia to win a national championship because Alabama is so strong they're always going to be in the college football playoff as long as Nick Save is under center or at the helm as a head coach and if that's the case then it's just very tough uh, to beat an Alabama team no matter how good or how much they struggle like they have this year so if it's close and sets and struggles, then you could see JT come in. Now, that would be a tough situation for him mm-hmm. to be put in. But at the same time, you know, this is what you brought him in for. This is why he well, came to look, Georgia. Nick Saban did it. I mean, we saw two yeah. had to come in a few years ago. When, and who did they beat? Well, Georgia. <laughs> so let's talk about the head coaches for a moment there, Brian, because whether you like him or not, Nick Saban is arguably, maybe some would say, the greatest 
college football coach ever. He's definitely, you have to put him in that arena. Um, what is it about what he's been able to do, not just here at Alabama, but throughout his coaching career? There's some coaches that no matter where they go, they have a system that yeah, works. It, it is. And I, I, I remember listening to a recent interview with Nick Saban, and he said when he approaches a game, it's all about taking one play at a time. I think there was a time where when he was at Michigan State, and that was like early in his coaching career, mm-hmm. where he was playing, I think, the number one team in the country. And they were down by two or three scores, and they were able to win that game. And And I think that's when people started to really buy into what Nick Saban was bringing. You know, he carried that from Michigan State to LSU, won a national title there. Then, of course, um, he went to the Miami Dolphins. Things didn't work out there because the NFL is a whole different type of ball game. But when he went to Alabama, uh, that's when things started to really uh, turn around from the Crimson Tide after some years where they struggled. And they've just been able to, along with his system and along with him adapting, because when you look at those early Alabama teams, it was all about running the football, quarterback managing the game and playing good defense. Now with the game is changing, it's the quarterbacks um, that have taken shape and you see it with Bryce Young. So he's been able to adapt um, with the game. And I think that's really big, especially uh, for coaches today. And that's why he's just been so dominant uh, for many, many years. And I think if he wins tonight, that surpasses uh, Bear Bryant for the most national titles in college football history. So, and I think this year has been a great Mm -hmm. coaching job by Nick Saban because you know, even though they were the number one team, they've had their struggles, but Nick Saban was able to keep everything in front of them and have his players make sure they keep everything in front of them. And that's why they're playing for a national title once again. Well, let's be really clear, too, because Kirby Smart, you will, we definitely, as we move over to talking about him, I mean, he knows how to win. Um, he helped Saban, obviously, win four conference championships. I mean, the national titles. I mean, he knows Nick Saban, but he hasn't beat him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's he's 0-4 against Nick Saban. Uh he knows it, and I know um, he really wants to win tonight. It looks like it looks like once he goes up against them each and every time, um, he just struggles with one play or one situation where it costs him the game. But I do think Kirby is confident that this team can get the job done against Alabama. Now, these two are the Alabama and Georgia are the two best teams mm-hmm. in all college football, and I just think it's just a matter of. When it comes to Georgia, it's just a matter of executing, not making mistakes, um, making sure you hit on those big plays, uh, making sure you don't do too much. I think if they do that, then I think Kirby will um, lead Georgia to his first national championship since 1980. Great coaches will tell you sometimes you have to make sure you don't overthink things. Then sometimes you may throw in something that they're not expecting as it relates to how these two coaches are approaching the game. Might we see something different? Kirby Smart is a little bit pre- predictable, and I think that's sort of been the the knock on Georgia, you know, that they, they don't have a lot of razzmatazz, so to speak, but they've got great players that can make big plays. Nick Saban is more apt to pull something out from 1956 playbook back, you know, with another team. So would you expect to see that? I don't think they'll do too much in terms of, making any changes or doing something surprising. I think they want to keep things as simple as possible um, because, you know, you want to get these guys as prepared as much as they can just to make sure they're able to execute um, what they've been able to do all year. You might see a trick play or two, but Mm -hmm. uh, they want to keep things simple. Um, 
you know, when it comes to the SEC championship game a few years ago, Kirby tried to do that big punt when Justin yeah. Fields was uh, was uh, the quarterback there and it, and it really backfired. So I, I just think they want to keep things as simple as possible. Yeah, um, I don't think they, we'll be seeing team, that again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> not at all. But I do, I do think they want to keep things uh, just again as simple as they can, um, because they both teams know each other really well, and it's just a matter of lining up against each other and executing. So uh, it, it really be, it really will be an exciting game tonight. Of course, this is the question as we wrap up: Who wins tonight, Brian, and why? I think Georgia wins, um, even though uh, Alabama has the edge at quarterback, a quarterback and head coach. There's no team in the country that is more talented than Georgia. What they've been able to do all year is beat teams by two or more scores. They're able to be efficient offensively. They have great special teams. Jake Kamara is one of the best punters in the country. Mm-hmm. I talked about Jordan Davis, uh, N'Kobe Dean, Nolan Smith, Lewis Seen, uh, um, leading the secondary. I just think, uh, and then what they what they went through in the SEC championship game, they're hungry. They True. want to play Alabama again. They want to win a national championship, but they want Absolutely. to win a national championship like uh, by beating Alabama. So I, I think it will be a very exciting game, and I think Georgia wins uh, twenty eight to twenty four. Oh, a low scoring game. All right. Yeah, Brian, absolutely. Brian Jones, sports and entertainment reporter with PopCulture.com. Brian, thanks so much. Take some. I really appreciate it. You know what? I'm gonna go with the dogs too. There you go. All right. <laughs> I don't want any hate email either. But no, seriously. I'm, yeah. And I, I would like to see Georgia win. I really would. All right. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Brian. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you so much for having me on. All right, now. That's it for this edition of Closer Look. Our senior producer is Sam Whitehead. Janine Etter, LaShawn Hudson, and Daniel Razel are our producers. Our engineer is Kevin Rinker. He rides a bike. A reminder to let us know your thoughts on today's program or any other. Send me an email, rose at wabe.org. And if you missed any of today's program, it's always online at wabe.org slash Closer Look. And, of course, Closer Look weeknights at 7 p.m. as well as in our podcast. Subscribe to Closer Look wherever you like. Stay tuned to 90.1 WABE, Atlanta's choice for NPR. Go dogs! I'm Rose Scott. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Local, state, national politics. WABE and NPR have the coverage you need. I'm Jim Burris, host of WABE's All Things Considered. Whether it's on the air at 90.1, streaming online, or connecting through our mobile app, WABE keeps you on top of election 2024 in what's sure to be a pivotal year in politics. And for candidates and ballot information, visit our election hub at wabe.org election 2024.